From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life podcast, where friends grow faith, enhance life, and build community together. I'm Kimberly Amici, writer, designer, and community builder. I'm joined today by Elise Daly Parker, life coach, writer, speaker, and Kimberly Coyle, writer, mother, and gypsy at heart. We hear a lot in church about how important it is to spend time with God, but it is rarely ever followed up by what it really means or what it looks like. We asked our contributors at Circles of Faith how they spent their devotional time. It confirmed that there were many ways to pray, read the Bible, and develop a close relationship with God. If you're interested in starting a spiritual discipline or looking for ideas on how to enhance yours, today's podcast is for you. Okay, so today's In Your Word question is, what's the first thing that you do when you get up in the morning? Are you a snoozer or you, do you get up right away? Kimberly, why don't you answer that first? Um, well, yeah, I actually get up right away, immediately. My alarm goes off, I switch it off, and I get right out of bed. But I'm not necessarily a morning person. It's just I can't, I don't feel better having snoozed. I don't, I either want to sleep or I want to be up getting started. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a jump out of bed, unlike my husband who likes to snooze over and over and over again, which is really frustrating to lay in bed next to a person who's doing that. Do you, do you have a strategy for jumping out of bed? Like, is your your alarm on the other side of the room, or is it you just you just do it? I just do it. Yeah, I just um, I think <laughs> at least having watched my children um, and how they manage it, I think you're either just a person who does it or a person who doesn't. <laughs> like my my oldest has to set multiple alarms. She has to put things across the room. I have to knock on the door. I have to walk in the room. I have to. There's a whole routine that she goes through. Like, I can't even imagine going through that for myself. It's crazy. How about you guys? Well, I am very happy that I now have my alarm set at 5.50 a.m., which is um, the earliest I've ever gotten up in my entire life. And I'm, I guess I am a snoozer, but only 10 minutes. The reason I set it for 5.50 is because... I do have to get up. I do have to walk across the room. My, my, I, it's now my phone across the room. And then I bring the phone next to me and hit that snoozer and give myself 10 minutes to just sort of ease into the day. And after that, um, again, it changes, you know, it changes. But right now, what I do is I get dressed and ready to get to my exercise class very oh, early. Wow. This is very new for me, but I'm very excited about it. That's very serious. That's yeah. that's. Big business there. It's been uh, seven and a half weeks of doing that and getting to a seven o'clock a.m. exercise class. So it's pretty exciting. But again, is that five days a week or is five that... days a week? Wow. Awesome. Yeah, it's that shocking. is it's discipline. That it's is shocking. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it's shocking to me, but I'm really, really happy about it. Excellent. Well, how about I, you? I used to get up right away before I met my husband. And then once we were married, he was, he's a snoozer and it used to drive me nuts in the beginning and I would jump out of bed and I would feel superior and I would just, <laughs> you know, couldn't believe he was snoozing and be so annoyed. Um, like, especially when the kids were little and I didn't, I was like, I am not getting up early yeah. and he would have to get up earlier than me to go to work. I would be like, shut it down. I am like, I am sleeping. This is precious. Once the kids are up, this is done. Stop snoozing. But now I'm like the biggest snoozer. I um, my phone goes off at five, then it goes off at five thirty, and I have an alarm clock on the other side of the room that gradually illuminates the room, 
and we'll go off at 5.30. So at 5.30, it's fully illuminated, and then there's this, like, you know, bird and river noise in the background. It's annoying and wakes me up. So I have to get up, and I probably snooze that one for... So I don't technically snooze. Only once. The 5 to 5.30. The five, the, the, well, I, I turn off one alarm knowing that the 5.30 is right. going to go off in a half an hour, and then the 5.30 alarm gets snoozed once, and then, and then I do get up. Because I know that I have a very small window of time to sit down, to do whatever it is that I need to do, to get ready for the day before it's time to wake my kids up and before my husband wakes up. And so I'm, I have to keep that in mind or else I, I, will, I will keep snoozing. So what, what is it that you do when, in that time, that precious time before the kids are um, Well, before the kids get up, I try to get my devotional and I try to read the Bible and pray. And I, um, I sometimes, sometimes if I'm reading a book that is activity or reflection oriented, I've now kind of started reading that in that time as well. Mm -hmm. Um, because I can guarantee that every day I can get to it. And usually it's faith-based. So Mm -hmm. I try to work it in with whatever it is that I'm, I'm reading. Yeah, that's good. I used to feel guilty about that. If that, if I was reading something in particular, you know, a a faith-based book, um, you know, that I was actually getting a lot out of, and I felt like would be, was actually bringing me closer to Christ as I was reading it. Um, but I would feel guilty because it wasn't specifically, God's word. It wasn't scripture, you know, obviously faith-based, but, um, yeah, I've, I've started to get over that and be able to mix up my, my morning routine a little bit, which is good. Well, that leads us to the question of how do you spend time with God? That's something that I would love to talk about because I feel like for so long, especially in my twenties, when I decided I'm going to do this Christian thing, I was raised in a Christian church. I heard about spending time with God but I didn't know what that meant. I, I Nobody told me. And that was before the internet. That was before all of these Facebook groups and all of these resources that we have today. And I just was constantly discouraged and just wanted someone to tell me what it looked like. And so for me, it's changed over the years. But I would love to um, hear how you guys spend time with God and, then, and, and maybe get some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Kimberly. Tell us. Um, well, I was, I was just thinking, as you were saying, Kimberly, that you, you know, grew up in a Christian church and you kind of had this idea of what it could look like, but you weren't really sure. And we didn't have the resources back then. Certainly. Um, I had a little different experience in that my parents were great models growing up for me, but, um, in terms of how they spent time with God, but my dad was a pastor. So he literally would spend an entire day every week in prayer. So I would walk in every Friday morning and I would find my dad sitting on the floor in his bedroom with his Bible open. And he would, he would be praying, you know, intercessory prayer for an entire day, almost every week. And of course, throughout the week was also praying. And so it was kind of like a really high standard for me, (laughs) which did not feel realistic because I knew, uh, okay, I'm not going to be a pastor. And um, what does this look like for me? And, um, and my mom was kind of a, a night owl. So she would do her prayer and Bible reading at night, um, which I finally picked up on as I stayed up later as a kid, but for a long time, I wasn't seeing that. So, um, yeah, I kind of just had to figure it out for myself which um, is def- was definitely a trial and error sort of sort of thing for me. How about you, Elise? Well, I grew up in a home with prayer. Um, 
you know, the, the sort of rudimentary prayer of um, grace and all that stuff. But also I had a, a praying grandmother. So I watched her. Um, her work was prayer. She was crippled and couldn't see. And she lived with us for seven years, um, critical years for me, seven to 14. And that's where I saw that model that you're talking about. Um, and it's funny, I just came across a journal and realized I actually did journal when I was much younger than I realized. Um, when I was, when I was in my teens, I was journaling to God and praying in a way that honestly I forgot about. But anyway, that was a little springboard, but I certainly did not, I didn't get the quiet time thing. I got prayer. I saw that. But the quiet half hour, hour, whatever a day was not introduced to me until I started to be a part of Moms in Prayer, um, momsinprayer.org, Moms in Prayer, the ministry, a prayer ministry. And that was really the place where I learned in order to serve, in order to have a decent day even, mm -hmm. we were really instructed to start our day with a few minutes with God. And um, it was so ingrained in us, God first family second, ministry third. So that happened for me in um, probably around the time I was about 30 years old. Mm -hmm. How about you, Kimberly? We prayed together. Um, I can remember, you know, reading the Bible. I remember my mom, we were read through Proverbs. We read through Psalms. I mean, that was like what she made us do. I think probably only in the summers because it definitely wasn't anything consistent. But it was there. I knew that my mom prayed, and I think much like your dad, my mom would take big chunks of times where she would go through difficult seasons. There would be like just days when she would shut herself away and she would pray. But I didn't see that consistent modeling of prayer, and I don't think that's because she wasn't doing it. I just think that that's because I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. She probably did it, and I think I might have asked her after you know a few years back, and she would do it when we were at school, and she would do it. You know, when it was easy for her to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, it was very much prayer and reading the Bible was very much a part of our life, but not as a daily discipline. So when did you start your daily discipline? If in fact you did. Fact you did. <laughs> um, gosh, I don't remember. You know, it wasn't until, I want to say I was in my 30s when I finally feel like I settled into what it looked like for me. Mm -hmm. And so, that, like, there were different times when I would read and I would attempt, certainly when my children were young, I would try to read devotionals and I would try to be consistent and it just never worked. I was too tired. I was getting up in the middle of the night. I had to be, I really had to be up in the morning handling everybody and everything and um, just too frantic. And so I would have, um, cards with scriptures on them that I would keep in my back pocket. And whenever I'd get a chance, I'd take them out, I'd read them over I'd meditate on the scripture. Um, but it was, it was, it was certainly wasn't a daily discipline and it was just really, sir, I was totally in survival mode, going to church consistently, but mm -hmm. not really sinking my teeth in. And I think it wasn't until my thirties, um, that a friend of mine just kind of said, well, I, you know, kind of shared what she did. She listened to one worship song and then she did a devotional and she journaled. And I was like, well, I can do that. I, I journal sometimes. I, you know, and kind of, I thought, well, I can do this. Like all of a sudden it seemed manageable to me. All of a sudden it seemed like I didn't need to be reading, you know, 10 chapters of the Bible a day. I didn't need to be um, praying 
long, extensive prayers for everybody. And, you know, now that I think of it, I, cause I was, I was confused about what do I pray? There's so much to pray for. Where do I start? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was really helpful to me, especially when my babies were little, um, was the power of a praying wife and mm-hmm. the power of praying um, parent. And that was both from Stormy O. Martin, both those books. And I literally, there were times when um, there's 30 chapters in each book. I literally just went to whatever the date was in the calendar. I opened up to that chapter. I read that prayer for my kids. I read that prayer for my husband. And that was all I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think for a while that, that was my time. Um, and I still read out of those books mm-hmm. consistently. So Kimberly, what do you do now with your Devo time? Now, um, I feel like I have probably the most consistent um, that I've had. I'm being the most consistent uh, that I have in a long time. Um, usually I get up early and, uh, you know, after I get my cup of tea and stuff, I just sit down and um, I generally will be reading. I, I like to start with a psalm. I find like that's a really nice, easy entry point for me. And sometimes I just end there at the psalm. Um, but that for me is a really good way to kind of enter in without being too heavy. Um, the Psalms are my favorite, favorite book of the Bible. I just, I love them. And I find that I really connect to that sort of poetry. Um, so I do that. And then, um, just depending on what I'm reading, I'll kind of, if I'm reading a specific book, that's a devotional, I can do one of those. Um, I also enjoy my Jesus calling, um, I, I love Jesus time. Yeah, it's such a great way just to like the little nuggets kind of get you thinking about the day and how Christ is going to enter your day with you. Um, and another thing that I've, I've just started probably in the last, I would say in the last year, I found this series of books um, by compiled by Sarah Ar- Arthur, Sarah Arthur. Um, she writes, or actually she compiles these beautiful, um, books that are sort of based on the church calendar. So the first one I started with was, I believe it was called light upon light and it was about Advent and she, she pulls together some ancient prayers, um, a lot of poetry and she gives scripture, references that you can look up and read that are applicable to that day. And then she even um, gives you at the end of the chapter, like each chapter should take a week to go through. So you can reread the poetry. And at the end of the chapter, there's usually um, a piece that she's pulled out of a novel or some sort of book. Um, And for me, that has just been an incredible way to connect um, in my prayer and devotional time because I, I really enjoy the perspectives of other people and how it connects to scripture and how this beautiful art and poetry, um, makes me think differently. So although it's not just straight scripture, it's a wonderful way to get me thinking differently about things that I certainly would not have come up with on my own. Um, so I started with that. At, at Advent, um, I think a year ago, or a year and a half ago now. Um, and then she has one for uh, over Easter and Epiphany and all of that. And then I just I just bought her one called At the Still Point, which is for ordinary time. It's called A Literary Guide to Prayer in Ordinary Time. 
And um, it's just, it, they're absolutely beautiful. I mean, she just has an impeccable taste. And um, they really have helped kind of usher me into God's presence in a way that I wasn't always finding with other stuff that I suppose some people find with worship music or whatever. Um, this for me is a really great way to kind of just enter in. So that's what I'm doing now. This is not what I was doing when I had little kids, though. Yeah. That sounds fabulous. What about you, Elise? Well, I, too, have had so many different seasons, and I hope that I'm done condemning myself (laughs) for what it looks like or what it doesn't look like or how long it is, all that kind of stuff. So right now, I am doing mostly things on my phone because what I do is um, I get to my exercise class, which is a miraculous morning Mm -hmm. thing to begin with. And then I actually sit in my car because I don't want to get out and get the day going until I've had my time with the Lord. So the first thing I do is first five app from Proverbs 31. I love it because we're following uh, a section of the Bible right now. We're in Acts. We're moving on to Numbers next. But what I love about it is it's not just a devotional. It's, It's the scriptures. It's a devotional. It's a prayer. And then there's a space for your own thoughts. So it is a journal. Um, and it keeps that in the app. So that's kind of cool. And then it also has a big area for, um, comments and it is incredible to me what happens in those comments. People are praying for each other. People are crying out. People are just giving bits of wisdom. It's really quite extraordinary. So I'm really enjoying that. And then I usually do a few more. Um, I have streams in the desert also on my phone. That's another app. And then I have, um, in touch with Charles Stanley that comes through my email and the word for you today um, with Bob Gass and that also comes through my email so I tend to do those four and I tend to my my goal is to not only do them but post something to social media before I do anything else with social media because that too is a little bit of a um, you know I can get tripped up into that I can I can start getting into my emails or my uh, Facebook and all that stuff. And so one of my rules for myself is do those devos first and post something. Um, as our friend, uh, Shel Wilson says, beat it, begin each day in prayer or in praise. So that's what I try to do. Do you do all four of those at the same time? Because I, I, um, I get these ideas of how I'm going to do, do it. Right. Um, and I have a few apps that I love and certainly I've gone through seasons where like that app meets all of my needs mm-hmm. and then sometimes it's kind of like mm, I'm not feeling it and so I'll jump to another app but what I've I have pockets of time throughout my day and one of the things I've tried too is maybe I'll do the first um, five Proverbs 31 app in the morning as part of my devotional time and then maybe I'll jump over to like something like for example the if gathering because they have little videos Mm -hmm. and I'll do that at 245 when I'm sitting in my car waiting for my kids to get out of school Um, do you do them all at one time or do you spread them out or do you go how do you set because that that me like I'm one of those people that I like everything neat and tidy and I get overwhelmed and think I need to do everything equally and it sometimes trips me up. Well, I mean, I can definitely get tripped up with that, but I love what you're doing um, because you have those touch points in your day and I think that's an awesome way of keeping keeping God in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, no, I, I do tend to do them all at the same time. One of the things that I love about Devo Time is seeing how God puts together some kind of a thread. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's not always the case, but it so often is. And I love 
that part of having four different people sort of speaking in mm -hmm. some way about the same topic, um, mercy or, or just conviction, you know, when the Lord just gives you that conviction. So no, that, it's working for me, but I do have to sometimes say, I don't have time to do all of them and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, letting go of that stuff is, is, has been, I'm, I'm older than you guys and I have children who are grown and it's taken me a long time to get, um, less, again, c condemning about the way I'm doing my Devo time. You know, it's, it's time of the Lord. We're free to worship as we want. And this has, this has got definitely given me a level of freedom that I'm enjoying. Mm -hmm. really, of course, I want to do a million things more, by the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, want to, I would love to spend all day with God in a certain way. Yeah. So, um, Kimberly, do you do multiple devotionals or mul multiple focuses at one time? Or do you compartmentalize what you're studying? How do you do that? Yeah, I skip around a lot, to be honest. I, I really am all over the place. Um, and I find... Strangely enough that the Lord often speaks to me in that way. It just so happens that when I decide to use an app, you know, like the If Gathering app, um, it'll be something that is meaningful to me in that, in that day, in that moment. Um, so, yeah, I do skip around a lot, which is probably not great in terms of consistency, but, um, but it keeps me interested. It keeps me focused. And I think one thing I have, as you were saying, at least kind of, you know, beat myself up a little bit and condemned, uh, my approach in that I haven't, I don't really get into like deep, deep study, um, which is important for spiritual growth. I mean, it really is. But I think sometimes that, um, if I'm holding myself to that standard every day, I just can't meet it. And then I get discouraged. So I feel like for right now, this is what works for me. I'm growing and um, if I'm growing, then what, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily have to be doing a deep Bible study, which oftentimes too, I find that most people are kind of doing those outside in a different venue, you know, like in a small group or you have a Sunday school class that you attend where you're doing that deeper study. And, um, so I don't hold myself to that standard and I skip around a lot and, I don't actually feel really guilty about it. I feel pretty good about it because it seems to be working. So <laughs> that's okay. Well, it's awesome. every once in a while, I will do a Bible study. That's how Elise and I met. We met at um, a local church that neither of us attended, and it was a women's Bible study. And it was back when my my little guy, or my even Ella, my middle girl, Eliana, I think she was four. I mean, so it's been quite a while ago. But I would do like a Beth Moore, a Priscilla Shire study. And to be honest, like in those seasons, because it was a part of a story, a, a study, because I was in community intensely at that time, we'd only meet once a week to do this, to watch the videos and have the discussions. There was homework in between. Mm -hmm. And so it made it easy. Like during those times, it was a no brainer for me. And I did love, you know, the idea of getting in really deep and looking things up and spending time to think and answer questions that I wouldn't normally think about. Um, but when those times were over, then I would feel frustrated. Then I felt, would feel like I wasn't doing enough. And then I would crave those times. But in reality, you can't sustain, as a young mother, you can't sustain those seasons of in-depth study. And, 
you have to find a different way to spend your time with God. I mean, it's one thing, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a start and a finish to these Bible studies. It's five weeks, 10 weeks, and you can push through that. But to do it long term, I think it's difficult um, unless you're full time ministry and that's your job and that's what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I love those studies. And as I've worked more and more out of the home, um, I've had to give up on those, but I really loved them and miss them. I, I am trying to do one right now with Priscilla Shire, uh, Breathe, and it's a five-weeker. Um, but they do grow us, and and that's so that's something I do miss. It, 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 they challenge. They I, I even love the way you're forced to look up so much scripture, but it's, it's a big commitment. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing as well with that as I'd like to in this little five-week study. But I've loved those over the years, and I do think that they've been life-changing. Um, how about you? Can really have you done some of those group studies? And Yeah, over the years I've done some, certainly some Beth Moore. I mean, those are the classic ones that, that most women end up uh, doing at some point. Um, I, I have not been super involved in a small group for some time now because I host small groups for my kids. Um, and you know, there's only so many evenings in the week that, that we can be busy. Um, and we're just in a really incredibly busy season in our lives. But I, I did have a friend, um, a good friend (laughs) approach me about not being in a small group and kind of like challenged me on that a little bit. And she's like, look, I had, you know, we have space in my small group. We're very low key. We don't do these super heavy duty Bible studies right now. They're all working moms with older kids. Um, actually some of them have babies as well and working moms with babies. So, you know, none of us have a ton of time to be putting into really in-depth studies, which is unfortunate. However, it's a season. So I joined the group and, um, and it's been such a great fit for me for this season of my life. I, you know, I would love at some point to do, um, a deeper study, but that's just not in the cards for me right now. So, you know, someday, um, that will happen again, and, yeah. and there are times for that, certainly. And I think, as you, as you said, Elise, you really you grow so much during those times, and it's kind of a deepening of the roots sort of thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. But, you know, I think, I think the fact that I'm trying to spend time with the Lord daily is, is good, and that's a good – it's something to aim for, and I don't always get it, but for now, that's where, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm thinking, too, um, of, of people in different stages of this whole process. And in some ways, the three of us have kind of gotten to a place where we're doing pretty well with this. But I, I really want to remind myself and others who might be um, with us today, it's taken so long to get there and give yourself grace. I wish I'd, I'd given myself more grace and just kind of found some little thing that I could do, even if it was just a whispered prayer. And sometimes it was. Sometimes it was just, Lord, just be with me today. Um, and that's okay, too. I just, I God really honors that. He doesn't, you know, his word does not tell us exactly what we're supposed to be doing. But he does say, come to me. And I think that's the key. Somehow, some way, every day, you know, just come. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just, Lord, I come. And that's the mm-hmm. end of my diva for the day. Mm-hmm. So... Just because, you know, again, I feel like we, we've all struggled with some of this. What am I supposed to be doing? And, um, and it's, it can be very simple. There's wonderful resources, but it can be even simpler than that. Mm-hmm. 
So we've talked about, um, you know, what our time looks like, but I'm curious, ladies, where do you spend time with God? What are the various locations? What are your favorite places to meet God? And what does it look like in your home when, for example, you're under construction mm-hmm. or um, <laughs> you just moved somewhere or you're in tight quarters? Um, there's, you know, there's no extra space in your house. You know, I'd love to hear some of the various places you've chosen to spend time with God. Yeah, it's varied over the years for me, certainly. Um, uh, when my kids were school age, well, they're still some of them are still school age. There, I have older kids now, but um, when they were like all in elementary school, I had a nice little chunk of time in the morning before they got up. So I would just set up on my dining room table. It was quiet. I had my drink. I had um, the sun streaming in from the windows behind, and it was just such a really warm, lovely place to be. Uh, but now my kids leave, get up and leave before I do. I mean, they get up at the same time as I do, but they're out the door shortly thereafter. So they're making noise. They're out and about getting breakfast. So I have, um, I have a little chair in, um, a room I affectionately call the library, which is just basically a room stuffed with as many books as possible. Um, and I have my chair here, my soft chair, and I sit here with a cup of tea, and I light a candle usually, and um, the kids know where to find me. They come in here, and they say goodbye before they leave in the morning, and I'm hoping that they're kind of learning by osmosis, as I did with my parents, you know, that mom is sitting here with her Bible in the morning and praying for them. Um, I love that. Yeah, that's great. You know, frequently they walk in, and I'm on Twitter, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Make sure the visuals are exactly what I'm really doing. Um, You know, but that's where I am now. What about you, Elise? Well, I have had a prayer chair for a long time in the corner of my living room. And it's got, you know, a a chair and a lamp and some candles and a little bookshelf. And I have, I've, I've really enjoyed that space. But as you said, Kimberly, right now we're under construction, um, or at least under getting our house ready to sell. And so things are kind of a mess, and that prayer chair is not feeling so welcoming right now. Plus, as I said earlier, I've changed my routine. Um, I started getting up earlier before I actually started exercising. And so for a short time, I literally was doing my devos in my bed, kind of like, okay, I'm not getting out of this bed until I get them done. Because that's the kind of discipline um, I need to put around myself, or I, or I just get off track. Uh, now, as I say, it is in my car. And is it the nicest place? No. I would like to be in a nicer place. But for now, it's working. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in my little bubble, and I don't get out until I've had my Devo time um, unless absolutely necessary. So Mm -hmm. how about you? Well, I'm more a creature of habit than I think I realized. Um, For a long time, it was the third floor of the... this house and the house I lived in previously because it was basically a finished attic space that we would use as a spare room and it just was the place where all my bibles my books my anything my all my hobbies were up there my drawing my drafting my writing and so that was fine but um we recently underwent a renovation and that room became the room we were sleeping in and it really like knocked me off Mm. And I went through a few weeks where I wasn't spending time with God because I was unsettled. I was like, well, where do I go? Do I take all my books downstairs? Because I can't do it with my husband sleeping next to me. And so, like, I really had to determine where the new place was going to be so that I could just settle into that and that be my space. 
Um, I've often time, I've times, like I said, my knee in the pickup line, I'll do a little devotional, but it's not the same as that, like sink in the chair, you know, get my morning drink. Like that's, that's become really important for me to find that. And I'm actually in, in transition right now. I'm still looking for that now that the construction's mm-hmm. complete. I'm, I'm kind of not sure where that is right now. Um, but, uh, I also spent a season where, uh, I would go out my front porch in the summers, of course, because mm-hmm. I, I don't like the cold. But sometimes when it starts to get cool in the spring, I would go out my front porch and I would sit with a blanket and kind of just be out there because nobody was up and you could hear the birds and there wasn't really any traffic on the street. And so that was really nice, too, because I really felt, oh gosh, for lack of a better expression, connected with God through nature mm. and through being outdoors and feeling the morning breeze and hearing the birds so that was that was really enjoyable to do for a long time, and I think that was that was nice. Mm, sounds sounds beautiful. It does. So what what do we say would be? Um, I'm just thinking maybe like the one thing that has kept us on track with our morning time. Maybe maybe it is the routine, or maybe it's I don't know. What what you know what I mean? Like what what has made it possible is what I'm thinking. Um, there's so many ways that I wasn't able to get to it for so long. And maybe there's not one answer to that. Maybe it's many answers. But, um, again, for me, there's been this um, double awakening, literally getting up earlier. And I'm not sure I was willing to do that until recently. And, two, the, the um, Internet has made it really easy for me to make sure that I've got something. Mm-hmm. So is there anything like that for you guys? Or anything that helps you to help. I've been highly motivated from the success of having that time. Mm-hmm. Meaning that when I'm able to get up and start my day on purpose, instead of waking up because everybody else has, mm-hmm. is awake and now is waking me up. Yeah. So instead of that morning routine being a reaction mm-hmm. to what's going on in my house, it is, it is before it. And then I'm setting the tone for the morning. I've just, you know, been doing this long enough to know that when I've spent time with God, no matter what it looks like, it could be five minutes, it could be 10 minutes. But if I've sat down and kind of had the headspace to prepare myself spiritually, mentally for my day, it makes a world of difference. It makes the morning smoother. Not to say that's a guarantee that nothing's going to go wrong or that nobody's going to argue or fight. It's just, it changes the atmosphere and in my life and it, and the, the consistency of it changes the atmosphere, right? So like doing it once or twice, I don't think you're going to see, I don't think you're going to see it right away. Mm-hmm. But having had seasons where I've been very consistent and seeing the way it's changed me and my outlook and my perspective, whether it's how I treat my husband or how I treat my children or just being able to take what comes at me during the day that's my motivation to keep going back Mm -hmm. because when God meets me and when God, when I lean into him in the morning and set that sets the tone for the day and I've just gotten to a place now, especially with some of the new things that are coming in my life. I just don't want to do the day without God. I don't want to, I don't want to do it by myself. And I know that that time is important. And so that's really been my motivation to keep me coming back. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really good. I love that. Just being purposeful. Mm-hmm. It's really, really important, I think, to keep that in the back of our mind. Like, this is purposeful choice that I'm making 
to get up and do this. And I think just in a very um, tangible way for me, as well as you guys, I think just getting up early has been the key for me as well. Because quite frankly, if I'm waking up and rushing straight into my day with what, you know, the chores and the kids and the craziness, um, it's just not going to happen until much later after I've already been bent out of shape 10 times, you know. Oh, totally. So, <laughs> so getting up early uh, is good. But, you know, right now my kids get up at the same time. And they're, they're out, you know, they're up and about and they've got questions for me and I cannot get up any earlier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I already get up really early. Um, so I'm just having to make peace with that and just let them know, like I'm having my quiet time here. If you need me, I'm here, but this is what I'm doing right now. And that's been fine because they're older. I think if we're talking to, um, maybe to moms of littles or moms who have to get out the door and get to work early, um, you know, maybe they might need to look for other options because you really can only get up so early. And if you've had a broken night's sleep every night for the past year because you've got a little one, you know, getting up early isn't necessarily going to do you any good. Um, so I think, you know, being purposeful for moms in those situations or women in those situations, not even necessarily mothers, but women who have challenging um, shift work or anything, you know, you just have to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. um, but I think logically speaking for people with a regular schedule, getting up early is the key. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Intention, getting up early. And again, for me personally, getting up early is very new because I really love my sleep. And um, I was going to bed too late the night before, but now with this new schedule, uh, I have to go to bed earlier at night in order to get up earlier in the morning. And it has allowed me to be intentional, more intentional than ever about my morning routine. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually used a resource that we can share in the show notes um, called Makeover Your Morning with Crystal Payne. And that really helped me. Mm -hmm. So, And one more thing, um, you know, starting a new habit or um, embracing a new habit can be done sometimes when we attach it to something that we do every day. And so I know I'm, we've already mentioned this before, but picking up my kids, I intentionally go early so that I can be there when they get there and then I'm on my phone. Um, so maybe it's, um, you know, after dinner. Maybe mm -hmm. it's always before dinner. Maybe, like, there's some time that you can carve out um, – Maybe it's while you're brushing your teeth. You've got your scripture card up. You have your devotional out. You're brushing your teeth. I mean, you can well, help find something that you can attach it to that you know is always going to happen, that you can carve out just a pocket of time that piggybacks on that activity and just say, I'm going to dedicate the first five minutes before I get ready to bed, you know, before I get ready for bed. Mm -hmm. um, and so that might be helpful to some because yeah. for us, it's, mm -hmm. it's when we wake up in the morning and before we start our day. And for others, it might need to be other times. Absolutely. I, mean, I think that's okay. I think that's really helpful. Again, the, the sort of life is busy. What do you do every day that you can kind of, at least as you say, just have a scripture card in front of you, stick it on your mirror, uh, put it on your windshield, whatever. Um, I, I love that idea. And I love that um, reminder that we've got to be flexible with ourselves and mm -hmm. figure if, if we really want to do this, we can figure out something and it may be five to 10 minutes a day, but that's good enough. Yeah. Better than not. 
Well, that's been great, guys. Thank you so much for um, talking about that. I know that um, I certainly would have liked to heard this conversation 10, 15 years ago um, yes. when I was much younger and struggling with this, but um, that's great. Thanks for joining us for this episode. You can find everything we talked about here today in the show notes. The best way to receive those notes, plus additional content and resources, is by subscribing to the newsletter at circlesoffaith.org. Join the conversation in our Facebook community. Let us know what does your morning routine look like. You can also let us know on Twitter. We're at Circles of Faith. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode. While you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us.